This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Hello and welcome to The Obsessive Viewer. We're a weekly movie and TV podcast that covers a specific topic, be it genre, trope, movie, or show, each episode. You can find back episodes at ovpodcast.com, find the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, and you can like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer. And this week on the podcast, we are being sponsored by a Horror Movie Yearbook from the Midwest Podcast Network. Horror Movie Yearbook is a great podcast where they take um, a single year and and uh, boil it down to three different horror movies that were released in that year, and then they discuss them and contextualize them within the uh, current events and pop culture of the of the year in discussion. And in between each discussion, they have little fun interludes and little uh, games that they play in between uh, in between each segment. So it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a really great podcast. Go check them out. Uh, follow them on Twitter at HM Yearbook and go check them out at HorrorMovieYearbook.com. And thank you to Horror Movie Yearbook and the Midwest Podcast Network for sponsoring this week's episode. So, Tiny, how's it going? Wonderful. Nice. That's that's great. Yep, just um, had race weekend, man. It's like... Yeah. I think I've decided that um, I like race day more than Christmas now. Really? I think that's my favorite day of the year. Really? Yep. Okay, for those who don't know, we <laughs> live in Speedway. Um, technically, I live like right outside of Speedway. It's an Indianapolis address, but it's Speedway it's Speedway. adjacent. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Speedway, Indiana, it's home to the Indianapolis 500. Um, so basically, from my perspective... Um, one weekend a year or one month a year, um, traffic is really ungodly (laughs) and I need to plan around it. Um, tiny on the other hand is a huge fan of the whole race culture. He's, he's a racist, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) It is the greatest spectacle in all sports, Matt. It's, I mean, sure. 240 miles an hour, two and a half mile track. I just don't get why you would go to watch it because like, yeah, that's, that's really fast and that's really cool, but it's really like open, like the heat is like ridiculous. The sun is on you and like you just see blurs. (laughs) Like, I don't, yeah. It is the highest attended sporting event in the world year round. And it boggles my mind. Yeah. There's 400,000 people there to watch the pinnacle of human engineering. And yeah, I totally, I don't know totally about res- of human engineering. Well, Maybe there'd yeah. be like you know rocket ships and stuff. Sure, but you know, yeah, you know, pinnacle of sporting engineering. Yes, yeah, I love it. It's it's amazing. Takuma Sato won. Yeah, congratulations. I down two cases of Yingling. You did. I did myself. Jeez, wow. that wasn't even all of it that I drank the whole weekend. I had some great punch that I <laughs> I sat in my apartment and watched The Office and pretended that it was wine. <laughs> nice. um, <laughs> so yeah, it was just it, like this is my fiance and I bought a house in Speedway, so mm-hmm. we like got to host some people that came and parked at our house and walked to the track with us. And I've always wanted to do that. We had a bonfire the night before. Mm-hmm. It just got to take in the whole weekend. It was awesome. I loved it. Nice. Yeah. Barely slept. Wow. But it was awesome. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed a three-day weekend where I just watched uh, what I'm going to bring up for potpourri. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah, fun times in Speedway. Uh, Tiny, what are we talking about today? 
We're talking about movie pets. Movie pets. Pets and movies. Pets so, and movies. Yeah, this is to commemorate the fact that we're both uh, both proud pet owners. Um, some would say they rescued us. I'd, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I would not say that. I wouldn't either. <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against people who who say that, but <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, some something against people who say that. I'm, uh, I'm kidding. Have your fun. Um. Anyway. <laughs> God. No. Uh. So yeah, I have a uh, the cutest little cat in the world named Pizza Roll. She is a little short haired tabby who I uh, adopted in December of 2015, and Tiny just recently got a little shit. Sue. Oh, sorry. He has a little shit sometimes. Yeah. Because he won't shit. Oh, really? In places other than the house. Oh, gotcha. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Talkie. Yeah. yeah. Do, you want, do you want to talk about him a little? Gizmo. A little gizmo. gizmo. Yeah. yeah. We rescued him from Illinois. Mm-hmm. From the Obama state. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know why I said yeah. that. Okay. Anyways, so yeah, we got him from Illinois, and he's really cute, nice, and He fun. is adorable. Mm-hmm. He's very fun. Yes. And we'll talk more about our pets later, guys. Yeah. It's going to be a fun episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, to, so to commemorate Tiny and Paige's new, um, uh, new, new child that they got, um, <laughs> their, their dog. Um, how old is he, by the way? About 18 months. 18 months, yeah. Oh, boy. It's interesting to know. Not interesting for anyone, but neither one of us were able to name our pets. Yeah, we 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 could have changed his name, but yeah, he's he's a year and a half already. So yeah, and I could have changed her name too, but I mean, when you have a cat named Pizza Roll, you do not change that name. That is such a cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, plus my and I've said this before on the podcast, I'm sure, but I, my original plan was to go to that adoption event and adopt a boy cat and name him Church after the cat in Pet Cemetery. Oh, which shows how screwed up I am. Yeah. Um, not as fun as pizza roll, not as fun as pizza roll. <laughs> um, and I'm so glad that like pizza was the only cat that was left. Um, and well, she was, she was the last cat, but then there was a second to last cat. Essentially. There was another cat that his name was ghost. And I mean, I'm sure he ended up getting adopted, <laughs> but man, pizza was so cuter. Yeah. So cuter. Um, I'm a big fan of naming two things, either naming animals after food <laughs> or naming animals with old man names. Yes. Like I've always, I've always, yeah, I've always wanted to name a dog like George. <laughs> nice. Or like Oliver. Nice. Hank. Um, yeah. That'd be a great dog. What a, a girl my fiance went to college with mm. has a um, bulldog okay. named Wilbur. That's awesome. Per- perfect name. Nice. Perfect. Um, I think it'd be fun to name name a cat Waffle or something. <laughs> that would or be. Just, just something goofy. Yeah. Burger. Right. I just think that's hilarious. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's funny because a little a little addendum to that story. Um, it ended up being that that day, December twelfth, twenty fifteen that I went to adopt adopt a cat with the intention of adopting a cat and naming it Church after Pet Cemetery happened to be the one year anniversary to the day of when I finished reading Pet Cemetery for the first time. Ooh. Yeah. That could have been awesome. That could have been very awesome. But no, yeah. I just had to get a little a little shit named Pizza Roll. <laughs> um, just kidding, I love you, kitty. <laughs> 
She's eyeballing you. She is. And I and I was thinking about this today, and then we'll get on to the actual topic uh, <laughs> before we lose any viewers. Well, if I ever like get into a relationship, or if I ever have to live with someone, like in the future, they're seriously going to have to have to uh, be okay with me talking to and for my cat, like constantly. Like it is. Uh, it's 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 gonna be gonna be a stumbling block for me and Jennifer. Yeah, and Lawrence. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting, <laughs> and it's not even like my normal voice. I just talk to her in like a like a baby voice. So yeah, that's more about me than anyone else needs to know. <laughs> So pets and movies, we have kind of a central list that we're going to kind of run through and then we're going to talk about the Facebook group uh, poll where we ask people for their favorite pet movies and uh, and we got some good discussion going on in there. So we'll go through that after we go through our list and then we'll round it out with potpourri. Um, and then finally, at the end of this episode, guys, the big, the big question, the big announcement, we're going to announce the official mascot of the Obsessive Viewer podcast. Um, now that both hosts have pets, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's been a bl- bloodbath really. Um, <laughs> friendships have been destroyed. Yeah. Um, Tiny and I aren't even recording in the same room. We can't even look at each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, someone threw, threw a brick through the window and then, uh, threw a plate in after that with just a bunch of burnt pizza rolls on it. So it's the been said all paws matter. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Underline all. Right. Oh. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so, yeah. So, it's it's been a tumultuous time for the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. And yes. So, we're going to go right into discussing some of our favorite pets and movies and movie movies that are pet-centric, essentially. Right. Um, yeah. So, Tiny, um, do you want to kick us off with the first couple ones here? I'd be happy to. Okay, great. The first one that came to mind uh, for me was the German Shepherd from the movie I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Smith's dog named Sam, mm-hmm. uh, played by the actor uh, the dog is named Kona. Okay. Yeah, not much trivia for Kona. Right. Um, all it says is canine actor. Hmm. Yeah, it actually says that. Wow. Um. So uh, it came to mind because um, the dog was one of my favorite parts of that movie, mm-hmm. and I like that movie quite a bit. But I just love the fact that the, uh, the the character that Will Smith talks to the most throughout the whole movie is the dog, <laughs> right? Um, and he has like a super close relationship. It's all it's his only form of companionship is the dog, um, and I think that's that's what makes it really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I remember reading that. Uh, uh, Will Smith tried like really hard to adopt the dog after the movie. Oh yeah, but they were just like, "Sorry, she's like a trained mm. dog, and right. like it's someone else. Like you can't just take her or whatever." So, um, it's extra special that he like really like fell in love with the dog and yeah. wanted to adopt it and everything. So Aww. that chemistry totally came across in the movie. Oh, um, absolutely! It's just cool that it was so it was on such incredible display. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, been really good performance for a dog. I mean, yeah. when I think about like the logistics of trying to get a dog to like act, mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sounds horrible to me because right. they don't speak English. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's I was just impressed that like they're able to pull that off in movies and yeah, yeah. 
and that's kind of that's kind of a running thing that can be throughout this whole episode is that it's really impressive to get you know an animal to to perform to get a performance out of an animal mm-hmm. um it's kind of kind of an amazing feat um and like you said yeah they dogs and animals they can't speak english right um which is something that i keep telling my I, I, ever since i got pizza i always tell my sister who has two two little boys i say like okay well having a cat is so much more harder or so much harder than raising a kid because like if the cat plays with her food i mean i can't tell her why she shouldn't play with her food so <laughs> yeah I'm not invited to Christmas that often, but <laughs> or to holidays anymore. But, oh. but yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's a good one. I need to watch I Am Legend again. Um, eventually, yeah. I'm going to cover it in anthology as a bonus review. Because, um, yeah. um, oh my God, uh, Richard Matheson. Why did I blink on his name? <laughs> um, so yeah, so eventually I'll I'll get to rewatching it. But yeah, I yeah I agree. I, I really I really uh, enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. dog performance yes yeah. uh another one that came to mind was uh the dog white fang from the mm-hmm. movie white fang um which is a movie that i have not seen in like decades mm-hmm. but i loved that movie when i was a kid nice um i think it's kind of the movie that made me want a dog so bad really yeah okay um the the dog white fang is played by uh the dog jed mm-hmm. uh who was famous not just for white fang <gasps> He was also in one of my favorite movies of all time. Maybe one of my favorite top three, five horror movies of all time. Ooh, should I guess? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween? No. No. Uh, let me get one more guess. Am I close? You're kind of close kind in a roundabout close. way. Okay. Um, the, the original Halloween? <laughs> Even closer. Oh my god. The original original Halloween? <laughs> Night Oh, 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 oh my god, why didn't I not think of this? I knew like oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that's perfect sense. The thing. The thing, yes. Yeah. Okay. One of my favorite horror movies of all time. Nice. Um yeah, wow. there the the I think the the virus in the thing originally implants itself in the dog. I think that's it's how it starts. Something like that. It's been so long since I've seen it. I think that, but I think the first thing it attacks, well, in that part of the story, is the dog. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm pretty sure it's the dog, and it's it was Jed, the dog from White Fang. Nice. Um, he is a Malamute wolf mix, so he actually has some wolf in him. Okay. Um, good but, for good that minority actors are getting. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice stupid um but yeah white fang is based on a book uh by jack london apparently um i'm, I'm not familiar with that um but it's it's about a, a gold hunter uh in the yukon part of alaska um who like kind of comes across this guy who is mistreating this dog and he basically like tells the guy to stop and he basically adopts the dog so he kind of saves the dog's life and then later on in the movie, the dog kind of helps save his life. Okay. Um, and he has like a super close relationship with the dog, and it's you know it's 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 it has some wolf in it, and so it's you know a bit wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he befriends it anyways, despite its instincts. Um, it's a really good movie. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm wondering how well it holds up. Yeah. I'm I'm worried that it might not. But mm-hmm. uh, it, like I said, I think it's just it's the movie that made me want a dog want to get a dog so nice yeah, yeah i'm 
I I don't think I've ever seen it, and uh, mm-hmm. I've never read the novel. But yeah, that's uh, that's something that I uh, will have to check out. Yeah, I need to I need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'll bring up the next one. This is a movie that I haven't watched in uh, over a decade, um, possibly even decades. <laughs> um, so it's uh, 1993's Free Willy. Yeah. Um, starring, of course, uh, Kiko. The uh, the orca whale, right? Um, who sadly and tragically died in twenty or two thousand three of pneumonia. Oh, um, you know it's 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 sad. Um, oh wow, that's sweet. Huh. <laughs> um, uh, he's buried at uh, Tacknes in Halsa County, Norway. His grave sits right next to the ocean. Oh, yeah, that's sweet. Um. So anyway, Free Willy was a movie that I it's kind of one of those one of those like early early movie memories for me. Um it's also worth mentioning that Kiko was uncredited in the movie, so I mean, I'm sure he took a pay cut. I'm sure. <laughs> um so Anyway, uh, yeah, so it's been, a, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie, so I can't talk with very much confidence of it, but this is one of the first movies that I remember seeing, or this is one of the first times I remember, um, the first examples of, um, kind of a phenomenon movie. Like, this movie was kind of a huge hit, um, and it was, like, very much, like, parodied, and, and it was just, it was really, uh, kind of a, a sensation at least my perspective of it was right. um for all i for all i know it, it could be uh could have been a bomb i haven't ch- looked into that but um like the imdb rating is 5.9 <laughs> um, but this is one of the one of the movies that i remember one of the first movies i remember being very pervasive within my kind of like uh my view of pop culture of the time um of course like soon after that was or maybe that same summer, maybe uh, it was a Jurassic park. So that could also have, uh, contributed to that both, you know, animal movies. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, free Willy was a movie that, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's gross was 77 million, um, on a budget of 20 million. So that's just, they made two sequels. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see the sequels? And, and did yeah. you see free Willy? Oh God, yes! I loved Free okay. Willy. Nice. It was a cultural phenomenon. Nice. Do you want to talk about it? Um, you know, much like you, it's been I think mm-hmm. decades since I've seen yeah. the movie. I think it's uh, it's truly a children's movie, right? Um, Michael Madsen is in this movie. I saw that. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> um, so nice. <laughs> uh, I just pictured him looking at the. Uh, the the whale and being like, are you going to squeak all day, little fishy, or are you going to bite? <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Which is ridiculous. That is so awesome. Oh god, I'm done. Oh god. <laughs> um, and you never saw you never saw the. Uh, I I the don't sequels? think so. If I did, I don't remember them at all. Okay, I remember seeing the first sequel, uh, Free Willy to the Adventure Home, um, <laughs> which, uh, let's see. Okay, that's right. Yeah, because that was the whole thing about it. Um, this IMDb rating is four point nine, so obviously it didn't live up to the original. <laughs> but the um, the plot is Jesse becomes reunited with Willie three years after the whales jump to freedom as the teenager tries to rescue the killer orca and or the killer whale and other orcas from an oil spill. 
So very timely. Yeah. Um, but I remember there being a scene kind of at the climax of the movie. Spoilers for Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. But um, the the oil gets like caught on fire. Like, and so there's like fire on the, on the ocean. And I remember thinking like, that was the first time I've ever seen like something like that in a movie, like the ocean on fire. Right. And I think they, I think they had to replicate, like, I think they had to have him jump over it for some reason. I, I huh. might be misremembering it, <laughs> but yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I might, I might try to hunt and seek that out. Yeah. I probably won't though. <laughs> uh, directed by the same director of Halloween four. Oh. The return of Michael Myers. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so yeah, so that's Free Willy. Um, I don't really have much else to say about it. Um, except that it, uh, it lives on in our, in our memories. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Do you want to bring up the next one? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the perennial classic Beethoven. Yes. Which also had a handful of sequels, if I remember correctly. It did, yeah. I have a yeah. small anecdote about one of the sequels. Oh, of course you do. I do, yeah. <laughs> um, but, God, this movie's so dumb. <laughs> I, again, haven't seen it in it probably decades. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. For whatever reason, we watched the crap out of this mm-hmm. when I was a kid. And... I bet my dad hated us because we rewatched this <laughs> crap all the time. Nice. Um, it's got to be at least okay because Charles Grodin's in it, mm-hmm. and he's a classic. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't even know why I liked this movie so much. Sure. Um, I think at the at the time when my brother and I liked it so much, we didn't have a dog and we wanted a dog really bad, mm-hmm. and so we. Um, just liked movies with dogs in it, basically. Sure. I mean, that's all sure. there was to it, pretty much. Um, the uh, the dog or the pet in question, uh, the star of the movie, was uh, played by Chris St. Bernard. Mm-hmm. Um, was he in anything else? Let's see. He has an IMDb page. Mm. What was Chris in? Uh, both Beethoven movies, that's uh. it. So. Um, the bigger dogs don't, uh, don't last as long. Right. Uh, they have shorter lifespans, so yeah. they probably couldn't have been in a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, RIP. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- this movie features a childhood Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Does it really? Apparently. Uh, he's student number one. Wow. Yeah. He's come a long way. Like in this movie a little more. <laughs> um, Stanley Tucci's in this movie. Is he really? Yeah, David Duchovny. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Crazy cast. Oh yeah. Huh. But yeah, I, I honestly don't even remember like the plot and like what the mm-hmm. hell happens. I, I really don't even remember. I just remember loving this movie as a kid. Yeah. What I remember from it, and what I remember from it about, or what I remember about it, uh, about the plot, is that it was. Uh, maybe this is just me not paying attention as a kid, but if I'm, oh yeah, okay. Um, I was under the impression that it was only about like, oh, this dog wreaking havoc on a family. But apparently, <laughs> according to the plot summary, it uh, also involves a dog napping veterinarian and his henchmen. <laughs> um, but there is one of the sequels. There, there's a couple of sequels. One of them I remember seeing the preview for, the trailer for it on TV, I'm sure. Um, and then I remember there being a scene... And I'm 99% sure this is a Beethoven movie. It could be another movie entirely. But there was a scene in the trailer where Beethoven, like, d- 
destroys a yacht party or something. Okay. And like like he jumps on the yacht and like everyone screams and are and I think the boat sinks. Something something like that. And I remember seeing it in the theater with a friend. I don't know if my mom took us or if his mom took us or or what happened. But we went and saw it in the theater and I remember like knowing that uh, knowing that that scene was about to come up and like I like dragged my friend to the front of the theater and we sat in the front row for it because I thought like oh that would be more intense to like see it right and it was wildly wildly underwhelming <laughs> um, yeah oh boy yep so so that's my anecdote about Beethoven gotcha mm-hmm. see so, yeah, as a classic I think there's a part in the movie where they have to feel the dog's poop oh. to know how long it's been since the dog pooped. Okay. Like they take the, the, the vet steals the dog, mm-hmm. the villainous vet. Sure. Hashtag alliteration. Mm-hmm. Um, steals the dog and then like they're running after it and like they get, they lag behind but then they find the poop and they're like, we'll feel it and see how long ago it was so we know how far away we are from the dog. <laughs> Which when I think about it now is a preposterous notion. Right. But uh, at the time made perfect sense. Sure. So I'm glad we talked so much about dog shit yeah oh yeah do you ever wonder if dogs know how much we talk about their bowel movements i don't now i do because every single time we one yeah. of us takes a dog for a walk we're like did he poop did he go poop was he a good boy did he go poop <laughs> that's a good question like that's a random that's a very odd phenomenon yeah that huh. we talk about animals bowel movements so much that that is a lot like if that aliens is... ever invade mm-hmm. they're gonna be like they talk about this this oddly unsophisticated animal's bowel right. movements quite a bit. <laughs> Humans are weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just want, s- I wanted to bring that up real quick. Oh, yeah. They'll see me and just be like, huh, that, that human's animal. I almost said that animal shits in a box. <laughs> but I didn't want them to think that it was me that shits in the box. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I always imagine when I'm using the bathroom that pizza's like, is that a litter box? <laughs> um, anyway... I am actually going to throw an audible here okay. and add a movie. We don't necessarily need to talk about it too much, but I just wanted to bring it up because uh, I have a very, very soft spot for this movie. Um, Bingo from Bingo. Did you ever see that movie? I did. I don't remember it at all. Yeah. But. This was a movie that I freaking loved as a kid. Um Everything about it. Like, this was a movie I watched, like, incessantly. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot description, for those who don't know, um, also the IMDb rating is 4.7. <laughs> um, uh, bingo, 1991. A runaway circus dog befriends a young boy who has trouble fitting in with his friends. <laughs> and a big part of it that the plot description doesn't uh, really go into detail about is that the kid's family moves away. And the kid, or, or I'm sorry, the dog, uh, he goes like he goes cross country to um, <laughs> to uh, to reunite with the family, and it is so ridiculous. Like the dog, um, <laughs> uh, it was kind of like it was kind of like where this was before I had my first dog, so this was like I think. To your point, Tiny, about was it White Fang that made you want to get a dog? Yeah. Bingo was the movie that made me want to get a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this little doggy was uh, – it's such a ridiculous storyline. Um, he 
go like he's he's using his nose to to go you know find the family, and then uh, at one point he kind of passes out and like some like a vet or someone uh, picks him up and like they take him into like the OR uh, for an emergency like nose transplant. Oh um, my god! Yeah, and then there's God. I don't. Re- oh yeah, like he goes. Oh, I don't remember the context, but somehow he ends up in a prison as like an inmate's as an inmate's uh uh dog. Oh my gosh. And like he facilitates an escape. Um it's it's such a weird, preposterous movie, <laughs> but it is so fun. I, I remember liking it as a kid, but I cannot remember any of the specifics. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it was it was great. Um I don't even see Oh, that's a shame. I don't see him. I don't see uh, you know Bingo credited in the credits. I can't tell you what dog it was, or the dog's name or anything. Yeah, I just saw that. It's weird. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Bingo, man, just oh, one of my favorites um, nice. as a kid. Nice. Yeah. Um, and do, do you want to bring up the next one? Yeah. Um, How to Train Your Dragon, mm-hmm. which uh, I think is a was a super cute movie, mm-hmm. and like I th- I think. I think what I love so much about uh, um, the dragon in that movie, I'm trying to remember what the, what the dragon's name was. Toothless? Toothless, thank yeah. you. Um, I think the, the, the coolest thing about it is that they, how emotive they made the dragon. Like it was so, yes. because the, the dragon doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. It's not one of those movies where the animals can talk. Right. Um, but just the the body language and like the expression from the dragon, they had like conversations between each other. Yes. And it was just so cool. And like, Mm -hmm. it was like a boy and his dog thing, Mm -hmm. but it was a dragon and it was this cute little dragon. Um, it was that, that was the coolest part to me was Mm -hmm. the, the relationship and the way they, how much personality they gave to an animated dragon (laughs) was really impressive. Uh, and I, that's, that was the, biggest appeal of the movie to me mm-hmm. um and just you know it's it's a it's it's just a, a nice coming of age tale as well um it's a really good movie and i i love the i just love what they achieved with an animated dragon it was surprisingly good yeah, yeah. oh yeah um same here i echo all those sentiments because that movie is like uh it's kind of like it's a little i mean it it gets me in the feels like it's oh yeah it's really really powerful yeah um specifically because it um it's it plays on like that that uh owner and and pet uh dynamic and it plays it so well because as you said the emoting of toothless is just it's it's incredible mm-hmm. and there's just uh so much so much new so much nuance to to that to that movie and to those characters and that, that relationship that it's, it's really powerful. Um, did you ever see, uh, how to train your dragon Two? I don't think so. Okay. I don't remember it if I did. Okay. Which <laughs> I'm stupid. I always, whenever I see how to train your dragon Two, I always want to say how to train your dragon also. <laughs> um, stupid. Anyway, um, I kind of fell asleep during it, so I can't really speak too too much about it. But it kind of goes into some dark places, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's pretty good from what I remember. Nice. Um, and then let's see. So that is how to train your dragon. Should we move on to the next one? Yes. 
All right. Do you want me to bring this one up? Sure. Okay. So Tiny shockingly hasn't seen this movie. I haven't. No, it's uh, Cujo. Um, you know, everyone's favorite pet in a movie. <laughs> um, no, Cujo based on the Stephen King novel, of course. Um, it is, you know, the movie itself, I recently saw it like within the last year. Um, the movie is pretty, pretty well done as far as a horror movie is concerned. Um, it's, it's kind of refreshing to go back and see it because it's from 1983. It's refreshing to go back and see it because like, it's not like an animatronic dog or anything. Like they had a huge ass St. Bernard, um, and they got a really good performance out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and D Wallace is uh, actually amazing as the, as the, as the mother, um, in the movie, which the movie is just, it's most of it is contained to a car, uh, with her and, uh, uh, Tad, uh, it was a Pinto, if I remember correctly. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because it's broken down and there's Cujo all, all littered with rabies. <laughs> um, and Cujo is not credited. Um, so obviously they used multiple dogs. Right. But, um, yeah, this this movie is pretty well done as far as as far as the Stephen King work. Like the book isn't, it's not really my favorite Stephen King. It's kind of famous that King wrote it kind of when he was at the height of like his uh, uh, his drug his substance abuse problems and alcohol okay. issues. Um, so he actually famously has said that he doesn't remember writing it. Um, and you can kind of it kind of doesn't connect together as well as as his. Uh, as some of his other works, but, um, I will still say, and I won't spoil it or anything, but I will still say that I vastly prefer the ending in the book to the ending in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because the way that book ends is just, just really good. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Um, yeah. And, and the movie does, does the movie justice despite the ending. Um, and really, really exemplifies what, how terrifying that situation would be. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. And then we're going to, we're kind of starting to wind down here, but, um, the next movie is probably the one that like, this is the one that I thought of when, um, when, when we decided to do pet movies, um, it is homeward bound, the incredible journey, which is, it's bigger than bingo for me <laughs> as a movie, as a kid that I watched ad nauseum. I watched it much more than, than I did bingo. Um, this came out in 1993. So it is about one year before I got my first dog. Um, of course the plot description is three pets escape from a California ranch to find their owners in San Francisco. Um, these, this, I credit this movie with my absurd, um, tendency to anthropomorphize pets. Um, like I can, I, I, I don't know how to phrase this without sounding like an insane person. Like I'll talk to my cat and I'll imagine that she, you know, responds. Um, it's not anything too weird. Mm. Um, keep telling yourself that. Well, you know, um, but of course this movie, uh, featured the voice of Michael J. Fox as chance, the kind of fun loving, puppy uh sally field as sassy the cat with an attitude and then uh don amishi amish don amish i can't remember how to pronounce his name uh did the voice of uh shadow 
the uh, kind of older dog. And, um, of course, those animals, I'll go ahead and credit them. Uh, Shadow was played by Ben. A, uh, he is an actor known for Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's dead now. Yeah. Um, and then Chance was played by Rattler. Uh, played by Rattler. Um, yeah. Uh, he's, he was a bulldog. Um... Yeah, interesting. Oh my god. <laughs> the the bio for Rattler, the dog who played Chance was is Rattler wasn't a was an animal actor. He was an American bulldog. He is famous for playing the role of Chance in Homeward Bound the Incredible Journey. Although in the film Chance is a young, exuberant American bulldog, while in the novel his name is Lueth and he is a Labrador retriever. He has since died. <laughs> like no shit. Seriously? <laughs> um, oh, that's funny. Yeah, and then finally Sassy is played by Tiki. Oh. Uh, a little a little kitty. Yeah. But um yeah, I haven't seen this movie in several years, several several years, but I remember loving it. I remember there are moments in this movie that are kind of like seared into my mind. Um it's funny cuz both Bingo and Homeward Bound the Incredible Journey both involve animals searching for their their family. Um, that's kind of a weird connection, but like there's a moment at the end where, um, one of the dogs gets, uh, uh, the, one of the animals is in grave danger. I'll say that. Um, that kind of really always, always, always hit me, hit me in a very, uh, very emotional place. Um, and then I think this movie is what kind of made me, uh, really ingrained in my brain or, or, uh, wow. Is that the right phrasing? <laughs> really, uh, put in my brain the idea that cats hate water. <laughs> um, and then also there's a, there's a scene with uh chance, um, as a fun loving puppy dog, sort of, um, a young exuberant American bulldog, um, uh, investigating a porcupine. Right. To, uh, to very, very, uh, disastrous results so it's it's amazing i love this freaking movie um i own it tiny you talk about it uh you know i don't remember very much i just remember the part where uh chance is describing how much he loves food that's been rolled around in the dirt yeah. and i was like that's silly he's a dog <laughs> um i remember liking that line as a kid though that's that's mm-hmm. that's my main memory from this movie it's been so long since i've seen it yeah <laughs> Nice. Yeah. But I did love it. Yeah. Part of the dog, the whole dog thing as a kid. I loved it. Oh, yeah. it. Uh, I own both it and the sequel. It, it uh, proudly adorns my uh, um, uh, DVD collection. The sequel. Okay. First of all, the sequel is Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. Came out uh, like three years later. Um, I wasn't too crazy about it. I haven't seen it really anytime anytime recently but um it was directed by david r ellis who oh that's a bummer he died in 2013 huh that's sad um but he he is kind of peculiar because he directed seven movies and one two that is peculiar (laughs) (laughs) four of those seven movies i own Oh. And it's kind of weird because he directed 
Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. That was his, his directorial debut. Uh, he directed Final Destination 2, uh, the Chris Evans, uh, Jason Statham, Nicole Kidman thriller Cellular. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. He also directed the uh, the amazing Snakes on a Plane. Oh, boy. Yeah. So it's weird that somehow just he just, you know, he is in my DVD collection several times. <laughs> uh, he also directed Asylum, which wasn't good from 2008. Uh, directed The Final Destination, which I hated, and Shark Knight 3D, which I never saw. Um, so anyway, so anyway, that's Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, um, the sequel, sure. Um but yeah, I, I love both. I, I, I love this movie. Um, should we move on? Yes. Okay. Uh, up next, I was going to talk about Squirrel. <laughs> um, uh, it's the movie Up uh, from 2009. Uh, the dog is Doug. <laughs> and obviously it's animated, so there's no actual dog credited for right. uh, the, the role. The voice, quote unquote, of Doug was Bob actor Bob Peterson, who also voiced Alpha in the movie. Oh, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think he is one of the Pixar like directors. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, let me check. Um, I, I want to say that he directed something, or maybe he's just... He's a writer. Oh, um, he was a co-director of Up. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. He was also the voice of Mr. Ray in Finding Nemo. Yes, yes, I see that here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I think the uh, Up was super popular, mm-hmm. and I think part of it was the dog. I think that's like the whole squirrel thing has like turned into a a pop culture phenomenon a bit. Um, yeah, you, you see it all the time. Uh, it's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, no, I have I haven't watched Up in quite a few years, mm-hmm. um, but I remember the the dog. God, that's just it was so funny. I think I think the breed of the dog is supposed to be like a golden retriever. I think so too. It looks like a golden retriever. Yeah. So, but yeah, just the squirrel thing is just classic and like so so uh, so wonderfully representative of a of what you would think a dog's personality is <laughs> really you know I mean? like it's just it's it so really it's so is. clever mm-hmm. so clever mm-hmm. yeah squirrel there's another line that the dog says um oh, i'm trying to remember it off the top of my head i know i i can't remember the first part but it's i like i head under i head under uh something because I love you. Because I love you. Yeah. It says it like really silly. Yeah. yeah. Oh God, that that's one of my like one of my favorite like Pixar characters. Yes, just so clever. Yeah, and adorable. So great, and yeah, that is the epitome of kind of the the dog personality. It's right. a, it's a dog personified. Yes. Um, and it is it's really well done. Um, what I because I haven't seen Up in in a little while as well. But I kind of wish that they, you know, maybe not wish. This is maybe not a wish or anything, but it's something that I'm kind of surprised that this didn't happen. But like, and maybe this could be due to the fact that that Doug kind of shows up kind of not necessarily late in the movie, but he's, you know, it takes a while to for the character to be introduced. It's after they, they get to their, their place and they need help. 
Um, but I'm kind of surprised that it didn't get like the mater treatment. Like Doug, I would have thought would have made, and granted, obviously up isn't like a sequel. It's not one of the movies that Pixar made a sequel of or anything, but I kind of thought that maybe Doug would be more merchandisable or, or have more, um, have like little short films, like the way that Mater has his whole like little thing with, with kids, kids freaking love Mater. Um, so I'm kind of, kind of bummed that Doug didn't get his due, but, but yeah, uh, that's, it's such a great character and, uh, it's, it's great to see the other side of it because it's like a lot of like pet movies and a lot of like pets in movies. It kind of shows the kind of unconditional love that a pet has for the human, but also just the, the love that a human has for, for a pet. And with Doug, it's like, uh, it's just like, it's actually personifying that unconditional love that a, that a dog has. Like it's, it's just really on, (laughs) really on the nose. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, and let's see. I will round us out for this topic. Tiny, you're kind of falling asleep a little bit. I am so tired. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right, so this next one will be pretty quick, and then we'll get to our, our poll results and all that. Um, assorted Cats and Dogs in the movie from 2001 titled Cats and Dogs. That title is just brilliant it is and i am we were talking before recording and tiny did you did you decide that you had seen this movie or hadn't i i decided that i hadn't and if, okay if i have shame on it because i don't remember it yeah well <laughs> that's the thing so kind of a peek behind the curtain um let's see tiny and i used to work together as security guards yep i don't know if i should say this but we would have downtime yes um in the middle of the night when we worked nights so we would like kind of watch a movie here and there oh yeah um and i'm shocked that i did not force you to watch this freaking movie because cats and dogs is freaking amazing Uh um yeah the plot description is a look at the top secret high-tech espionage war going on between cats and dogs, which their human owners are blissfully unaware of. How did you get through that without laughing? Because it is a freaking brilliant concept. (laughs) Um, It is so great. And what I love about it is that um, it's kind of this, (laughs) it's kind of this fish out of water story where uh, the main dog is a beagle. I'm trying to find the name. I can't remember the name of the dog, but he's voiced by, okay, (laughs) Lou the beagle. He's voiced by Tobey Maguire, who has, like, a perfect, like, like innocent kid voice, um, which is kind of what Lou the Beagle is. And he is kind of, uh, he's kind of brought into the secret society of a, uh, of a secret, like, war going on between cats and dogs. Dogs are, like, the good guys, and the cats are, like, the evil ones. Very fitting. Well... At the time that I saw this, mm-hmm. yes, I thought that that may be the case, <laughs> but since I've I've come across to or I've come over to the to the cat side, cats are amazing and they own us and they're gonna you know, um, you know there are overlords. They're still good in you. I feel it. Yes. <laughs> um. Really, only a Sith deals in absolutes though. So <laughs> both both goods. But uh. But uh. Lose like. Um, mentor into it is uh, voiced by Alec Baldwin 
Um, and then the <laughs> the villain of it is a cat named Mr. Tinkles, who is voiced by Sean Hayes. Um, and it's it's just such a fun movie. It is it's uh, it's so much fun. I can't overstate it. Um, it is currently available on Netflix. And I think after Tiny Leaves, I seriously think I'm going to throw it on and watch it because it is <laughs> oh just – It is so great. I, I love it. Um, You're ridiculous. Yeah. And I would go so far as to say that it is a travesty that the IMDb rating is 5.1 and the Metacritic critic score is 47. But hey, it's a great movie. I highly recommend everyone go see it or watch it. Wow. Oh, God. It won a Razzie Award for Worst Supporting Actor. Shocker. Charlton Heston. Oh, my gosh. Ugh. Travesty. Travesty. Um, but, yeah, uh, great movie, Cats and Dogs, on Netflix. And that does it for our topic this week. Um, we did put a poll into the Facebook group, which, again, you guys can find at... Facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer. There's a link to the Facebook group right at the top. So you can join us there and uh, we can, you know, we'll throw in some fun polls. You can uh, interact with us on a very personal level level. I don't know what really that's supposed to mean, but, but yeah, so we posted the question. I said, tomorrow night, tiny and I will be discussing our favorite pets and movies. What is your favorite pet centric movie slash pet in a movie and discuss is in the comments. I was really tired when I posted that. Um, so I didn't, uh, uh, I didn't, uh, recognize that I had a major typo there. Um, the, (laughs) so the winner of the poll, um, this, I did not expect tiny. Do you want me to go ahead and announce the winner of the poll? Sure. The, (laughs) the gimp from Pulp Fiction, (laughs) So didn't really see that uh didn't really see that going the way that I that uh thought it would. But thank you, Fekus, for <laughs> suggesting that. Pretty brilliant, really. Yeah, yeah. Um which he said So I think my favorite is gonna have to be the gimp from Pulp Fiction. That pet is hilarious. Then he said, Here, I'll fix the poll for you. <laughs> and then your brother Alex replied with, Thanks, Robert. I agree completely. Um, yeah, and I meant to respond and put like, Well, sounds like sounds like I got a costume idea, a Halloween costume idea for pizza. <laughs> but I thought that would be a little bit messed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Second was uh, Lady and the Tramp. Okay. And then third was Homeward Homeward Bound. Nice. Uh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. D- do you want to go through the list do you have it up or? oh i don't know oh okay um so anyway the, some of the comments um <laughs> first of all tony was the first one to comment and said not the pet poll i'm looking for hashtag team pizza roll <laughs> which we'll talk about after the uh after the uh potpourri section um our friend justin said frankenweenie is best air bud is trash <laughs> um which i can't like air bud is a franchise that I thought at one time that I would watch all of them. Like way back when I first started the Obsessive Viewer blog, like I had this whole idea that I was going to watch every Airbud movie in the f- entire franchise and review each one. Um, but obviously that never happened. Thank God. Darn. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, um, and then Tony Troxel said that, uh, he said, I voted for two. Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey was just fun and funny when I was a kid. I've caught bits and pieces of it every now and again and still find it amusing. 
Lilo and Stitch was also a lot of fun, though I did work the ho- the Disney store during a lot of promotion for it. So whenever I hear a uh, ho- uh, Hawaiian roller coaster ride, I get a bit twitchy. <laughs> Still, while not a favorite Disney flick, it's still very solid, which I think speaks a lot to the quality of it that he can still he can still enjoy it after being subjected to promotions for it at mm-hmm. all times when he worked at the Disney store. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Lilo and Stitch? No. Okay, me never seen it. Yeah, that should go on the list. And then uh, finally, Matt and Draco. Patreon subscriber and friend of the show and friend of the host, even I, I consider him a friend. We only talk on on Facebook and everything, but I, I'm I'm comfortable saying that he's a friend of mine. You'll meet him at the um, I will. Yeah, he actually said, uh, "How do you phrase?" It? He said that he is afraid that when we meet at the wedding, uh, he said, um, "Oh yeah, we had another conversation." Uh, oh, he said, from how tiny talks, I'm convinced we may be the same person or at least very similar. <laughs> I fear when we meet at the, when we meet for the wedding, it'll be like stepbrothers. Did we just become best friends? <laughs> then I said, I agree completely either that or it will rip a hole in the time space continuum. I think I reversed that space time continuum. Yeah. Uh, thus ending the universe. And then he did <laughs> not respond for several days. Oh no. So yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he said, uh, I added Nibbler from Futurama. I wanted to add uh, Seymour Asses, but that is the only cartoon episode of anything that has ever made me cry uncontrollably like a child. He's referring to Jurassic Bark from Futurama, which I've seen that episode once, and man, is it... Oh, it's such a great episode. It's it's powerful and beautiful. It's uh, just really, really touching and, and sad. Um, if you're a dog lover, go watch Jurassic Park and weep uncontrollably. <laughs> um, so yes, yeah, so I think that's going to do it for our main topic. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and run into some potpourri if you want. Yeah. You want to? All right. So for first time listeners, potpourri is the section of the podcast where we talk about whatever we want, uh, stuff we've watched lately, things that have come up, um, in our lives and everything, you know, anything we want, as long as it smells good, that's kind of the tagline and tiny. We both have two things. Um, yeah, and I'll go first. Um, and this will, I mean, this will probably be pretty brief cause I'll bring it up later cause, uh, I'll bring it up in, on a later episode, but I, uh, watched all of season two of Bloodline, uh, the Netflix oh, cool. original series. Yeah. Um, you saw season one, right? I watched season one and liked it a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I only just now got around to watching season two just because, um, I'm lazy and also, uh, season three premiered uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so I wanted to get caught up and, and watch season three because season three is the last season of the show. So season two of the show, it's really hard to bring a, to, it's really, really hard to, uh, to succeed, um, a successful season to, to have a, have an episode come out or a season follow up a, wow, follow up a terrific season of television with an equally great season and bloodline season two isn't, isn't season one level of, of greatness. It's, it's a really solid story. It's a really solid season of television. Um, it deals with a lot of the fallout from what happened in season one. And, uh, 
And if you saw season one, kind of the ending um, really left a lot open for them to go um, in season two. And they really ran with that. They introduced some really interesting new characters. Uh, John Leguizamo is, is a, is a is a recurring character in or recurring actor in the episode or in the season he's like a uh he's kind of a loose a loose cannon a hothead kind of guy who's who had dealings with with uh ben mendelson's character in the past um and it's it's a really solid season the way that it ends um First of all, first of all, there is an incredible scene or an incredible sequence of scenes between Kyle Chandler and um, Enrico. Mm, I can't remember his name. I have it here. Hang on one second. Uh, Tiny, please stay awake. Um, <laughs> uh, Enrico. Enrico. Okay. Um, Enrico, uh, Marciano. Uh, the, it's in season eight or episode eight of the season. Um, there is like throughout most of the episode is, uh, it intercuts between the subplots and everything. And then scenes between Kyle Chandler and Enrique and Enrico, uh, Marciano. And those scenes are like really powerful, like incredibly well acted scenes. And it's, it's really great. Um, and then the way that the season wraps up, just like, I, I never really do this, but when I finish the season, I like to kind of take a breather before going on to the next season. Um, I watched the first episode of season three immediately after finishing season two. Wow. It was like, I just couldn't do it. And then it was funny because the first episode of season three, like I kept thinking like, this is basically, this is basically the exact same type of plot as an episode, as a certain episode of Arrested Development. Um, just, it's a, it's a drama instead of a, a comedy. Um, that kind of made me kind of laugh a little bit, but anyway, bloodline season two, I'll talk more about more about it when I finish the series, when I finish season three, uh, seasons two and three are only 10 episodes each. So it's, it's, uh, a quick, a quick watch. The, uh, the, um, the pacing is still a little slow, but it's a slow burn kind of show. So that's kind of to be expected. Um, so yeah, that's on Netflix. It's bloodline season two and, uh, tiny, you watched a movie. I did. I watched, I've actually, actually, I had a pretty good May. I watched like mm-hmm. 17 movies. Nice. Um, and then, uh, to recover from race weekend, I, I watched like four movies on Memorial day. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them that I watched was Victor Frankenstein. Uh, which I immediately regretted. Um, <laughs> it is not good. It has a 6.0 on IMDb, which I think is pretty generous. Um, I the o- I think the only reason I wanted to see it is because I unabashedly adore Daniel Radcliffe because mm-hmm. he is a delightful person and mm-hmm. a terrific actor. Uh, and James McAvoy is one of my favorite actors uh, right now. He's amazing. So I was like, well, the two of them together, I have to see this movie, even though I thought it looked really dumb. Sure. And um, I feel like the Frankenstein story has been told a handful of times mm. in movie form, and I've, I've never, have never been especially impressed with any of them, uh, with the exception of Young Frankenstein, which is a brilliant oh, movie. Oh, yeah. That is a brilliant movie. It's hysterical. Um, but just a lot of the other tellings of it I, I was not a fan of um i've never read the book mary shelley's frankenstein mm-hmm. should probably do that at some point but uh so yeah uh the, the movie it just it really is not that good i think what it had going for it is that it's told from the perspective of, of igor as opposed to the doctor mm-hmm. um so that was cool 
Um, it the movie was just like too polished. Like it's like Doctor Frankenstein is like a mad scientist, and he's he's crazy. It's like it's a really dark story. You know, mm-hmm. it's about bringing things to life when you shouldn't bring things to life. Like it's very philosophical in that respect and it just the movie didn't have that it wasn't it wasn't dark that way it, it not to say that it didn't have aspects of darkness if you will or, or very uh somber morose things it did have that but it just had this weird gloss over it and it i don't know i think i almost think uh like daniel radcliffe and james mcavoy are both too too good looking of men to be <laughs> and too just you know posh good looking men to be uh, playing these roles, uh, sure. I don't know though. James McAvoy in Split was pretty pretty down in the dirt there. <laughs> so I don't know. It, it, obviously, there was something missing from the movie. It it really needed a lot of work. Um, I I think James McAvoy and Jan- Daniel Radcliffe were fine. They they did a decent job. Uh, Jessica Brown Finley played the female lead, um, and she just had nothing to work with. Really, she had like. 20 lines in the whole movie and it's just like she was she was like the most textbook just female love interest character boring vacuous character you could ever imagine i was like they didn't even try which is a shame because she's a great actress you know Mm. she was really good on downton abbey um so that was a shame and uh the another notable actor was andrew scott who um is a a very good uh, british actor uh, he's, um, gosh, what's his name on Sherlock? Uh, what's the big Sherlock villain? What's a uh, Sherlock Holmes's villain? Oh, uh, um, why can't I not think of his damn name? Yeah. Uh, why can't I think of Here his damn name? I could just click on his name. Um, oh, I know this. Mm. Uh, Moriarty. Moriarty. Damn it. Moriarty and Sherlock. Um, amongst many other really good roles for uh for uh, Andrew Scott. I think his character was the most well-rounded in this movie. Um he plays the detective mm-hmm. who's investigating. It's set in London, which is another thing. Uh, okay. Victor Frankenstein for whatever reason. I guess cuz they hired British actors. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sure. Um so it 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 was a bit of a messy movie, but I liked Andrew Scott in it. I think he was a he was a cool like um ultra conservative religious uh inspector, detective inspector. Okay. Um, so I, I kind of enjoyed him a little bit, but overall, just a, a really dumb movie. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know what it is about the Frankenstein story that it can't. It's not. A, it's never been adapted really well. At least mm-hmm. not in my book. Uh, the movie's never been adapted really well. I don't. I don't know what it is about it, but uh, maybe it's just. It's just unadaptable, or it's. It's too hard to capture cinematically maybe mm-hmm. i don't know we'll see i should i really should read the book at one point at some point yeah and and you seem to be strangely a big fan of the of the, of the story from yeah. my perspective i i'm a i'm a big fan of mad scientists oh, okay gotcha. like the movie altered states oh yeah that's true love that movie because i think that's one of the best mad scientists ever mm-hmm. uh william hurt in that movie yeah i just think it's cool Nice. Yeah. Uh, you also had I Frankenstein as your worst movie of 2014. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, that was so bad. Yeah, and that it's... was worse than this. <laughs> yeah, it, I'll oh, yeah. say that. But okay. This was still pretty bad. And it's funny because you also referenced Aaron Eckhart's hotness in the movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> way too hot to play a Frankenstein's monster. Right. There are no hot monsters in the movie Victor <laughs> Frankenstein, so at least there's that. Nice. <laughs> 
All right, great. And how did you watch it? Uh, I was this HBO Go. Okay. Yeah, three out of the four movies I watched on the Memorial Day were on HBO Go because I didn't feel like paying money to rent movies. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I have some Google Play credits that I need to cash in to rent a movie. I might do that this weekend. I'm gotcha. Sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, my next one will be brief. Um, so I've been, I kind of stumbled into a rewatch of The Office. Um, basically what happened was, uh, one day I, w- I was over at a friend's house and we watched the entire first season and started season two. This was probably two months ago. Um, and then I kind of, like when, when editing the podcast or doing stuff in the background, I just, you know, threw on season two, um, which I still think is one of the greatest seasons of sitcom television, um, I've ever seen, um, just such a great season of TV, Mm -hmm. but, um, and so I, I watched it and now I'm all the way into season seven. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it's become a full fledged rewatch. And the thing that I want to bring up a, a couple things, really one is that there's a scene, there are a couple like theories that I have or, or perspectives of something, um, in the show. So there's a scene after, I guess, spoilers for the office, but there's a scene in season five or six. It's in the episode lecture circuit. So at this time, um, uh, Pam is engaged. It's, it's season five. Pam is engaged to Jim and, uh, she and Michael are traveling to other branches to, to do like motivational speeches for sales techniques and stuff. So they go to, um, I can't, I'm blanking on the, on which, oh, Ithaca, uh, where Karen, Jim's former girlfriend played by Rashida Jones is the manager of. So Pam is super freaked out cause, cause she basically stole Jim from her. Um, and then when they get there, they realize or they notice very clearly that, that, uh, Karen is pregnant. Um, and so it's clear like she's moved on and everything. Um, and it's kind of a big relief for Pam. But the thing that kind of, bothers me about not bothers me but i i I, every time i see this i can't help but think that there's something kind of maybe not sad but well yeah kind of sad and depressing about it um in that when they're in karen's office and they're talking about you know she being pregnant and uh michael says something to the effect of of uh like who like uh, who's the guy or something like that. And then she said, it's my husband. Um, and she talks about how, like she has a throwaway line where she tells Pam that, um, like, I think Pam says, congratulations. And she says, yeah, it's just happened really so fast and everything. And then they ask about the husband and the husband's name is like Bob or something. Very, very like it's three, a three letter name, Bob, and they sh- and they show a picture on her desk, and it's like this very tall, thin guy who resembles, like really resembles John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. And Karen mentions that they met at a bar, and and they they have a picture of them being goofy in Halloween costumes, and that's that's basically the extent of that scene. But it's just it's really I don't know it kind of. I don't know if this is the intention or maybe I'm just a, like so cynical, but I kind of got the impression that they're like what the writers were going for was that Karen just had like a, um, like a rebound with a guy who re- reminded her of Jim 
and then now she's pregnant and married to him. <laughs> and it's just like they didn't like have like the Jim Pam romance or anything. It was just like a hey, that guy kind of looks like Jim. Let me you know uh, like rebound with him and then now it i don't know did you do you remember this do you have did that yeah. ever cross your mind um a little bit yeah okay so i'm not crazy good yeah okay um yeah so if you if you guys are familiar with it let me know what you think because it's i don't know it's kind of just i don't know because the whole show is kind of like this positive kind of thing to an extent sort of um, at least the Jim Pam storyline is so positive and everything that it's just, it feels like it's incongruous with the tone of the, the show. Um, then again, they all, they shot it to hell later in the, in the series because they built up Andy and Aaron so much and then just completely ruined Andy's character. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. My, yeah, my other thing, Tiny, is I have a theory about Jim and Pam's baby. And this is kind of dark. Oh, boy. Yes. So in the episode where Pam has goes into labor, um, they have – and I, I'm going to get off of my soapbox soon, I promise, guys. Um, there's a whole sequence where C.C. Uh, Halpert, the little baby, um, where Pam is having trouble breastfeeding. And so they bring in the lactation consultant who is actually played by Jenna Fisher's real life husband, Lee Kirk. Um, and he helps, you know, get the baby to latch on. And this makes Jim very uncomfortable. And then after that, Jim and Pam, who are exhausted, fall asleep in the bed and the baby is right next to them. They wake up because the baby's fussing. Um, also, their room is being shared by another couple whose baby is is breastfeeding with no, no issues. So half asleep, they grab the baby, try to breastfeed. Breastfeed's fine. Great. They end up falling asleep with the baby in the bed. And then when Pam's friend comes over, uh, to visit them, they realize they had gotten the wrong baby and that's why she was so easy to, to breastfeed. Mm. Um, and it's very awkward and everything. So my theory, because at the end of the episode, Pam breastfeeds Cece outside of the hospital room with no, no outside of the hospital with no problems. And it's a big triumphant moment. She can be, she, they're going to be great parents and everything. My theory, tiny is that Jim secretly switched the babies because a Jim bought a house for them without telling Pam, which that as much as I love the Jim and Pam story, that's such a bizarre thing to do. Um, and he is willing to do anything to make Pam happy. Yes. So, you know, she's having doubts about um, about being a parent. She, Cece won't won't breastfeed. There's this uh, this attractive guy, um, objectively attracting attractive guy, coming in and you know, feeling her up to get her to, uh, to breastfeed. Jim feels threatened by that switch the babies. That's, that's my theory. And, uh, another theory is that maybe Pam switched the babies because in the first, uh, first part of that episode, she is super crazy and, um, she's acting very irrational about, uh, about having, having the baby. So that's my, that's my theory that Cece Halpert is a victim of baby napping. Jam forever. Yeah. Jam forever in prison. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, round us out for potpourri. It's quite a theory. It is. is quite a theory, sir. If you guys want to corroborate this or discuss it, yeah. uh, you know, tweet me or or email because I, I, I think that it's I think that it's worthy of a full email. Matt yeah. at obsessiveviewer dot com. Okay, round us out for potpourri cool. before I keep making this weird. <laughs> uh, I watched Logan finally. Yes. After after a long time of hearing people talk about it and how great it was and everything, mm-hmm. um, I finally watched it. Uh, this is the movie, one movie I watched on Memorial Day that I actually paid for. Nice. Um, well, I mean, I pay for HBO, so yeah, screw that. Sure. Uh, it it was it was really good. I really nice. liked it. There were people who talked about it like it's the best X Men movie ever. And it's amazing, and I'm not sure it's my favorite X. I'm not sure if it's the best X Men movie. Um, I think it's really good. I think it's, I think it's the best that we've seen. Logan, the character uh, of Wolverine, I was so enamored by his character in this movie. I, how how gruff and damaged he was, and mm-hmm. you know he's he's dealing with his mortality. Um, accepting his mortality uh, throughout the movie, which is really impressive um, and, and was fascinating to watch um, after was, this is the ninth over. This is the ninth time he's played Wolverine, right? Um, uh, off the top of my head, I believe so. Eighth or ninth. Yeah. And all the other times we saw him, he acts and, and does things as a, as a quasi immortal, Okay. indestructible uh, character who can heal himself. Mm-hmm. He gets shot in the head like three times in the franchise. I right. mean, it's crazy. Um, but he's dealing with weakness, essentially, in this movie. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's really fascinating to watch. And, and I I just love Hugh Jackman. And, and he, mm-hmm. he just is Wolverine. He just has embodied Wolverine uh, for... Uh, you know, almost two decades now. Yeah, so wonderful. Over half of our life. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. It really is. Um, and it was rated R. Yes. God, that's the best part of the movie. Yeah. Because Wolverine, I th- I may have, I don't know if I said this on the podcast before, but I know I've had the conversation before that Wolverine is really violent. Yeah. He's a super violent character, and he's a mm-hmm. dick. Yeah. He's a dick in the comics, and like. He he is a rated R character, mm-hmm. and, and and almost every time that we have seen Wolverine on the big screen or even in, on TV and stuff, it has been a uh, a dulled down character in that regard. And I understand the need for that, and I'm not being critical of the other creative people who who you know portrayed him in, in those those uh, adaptations, sure, or you know wrote him whatever. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that. They got down to the bare bones of Wolverine in this in this movie, and I was I ate up every second of the violence and the bad language yeah. and the everything uh, from this movie. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm not one for who's necessarily a huge fan of gratuitous violence mm-hmm. or like I'm not like super excited about a movie just because it's super violent or because it's rated R necessarily, but. Wolverine has needed to be rated R for several years now. He really has. Uh, and to finally see that come to fruition was just glorious. Um, I think this this was a pretty cool storyline. Um, I feel like kind of the thread, uh, I don't want to be spoilery here, but uh, the thread, the kind of the main plot, if you will, 
was a little bit formulaic. Um, the the whole stuff with the, with the kids and everything, sure. a little bit of a rehash. But I feel like the meat of the story was Wolverine dealing with, you know, with his mortality essentially and his relationship with uh, Charles Xavier and and trying to care for him. Um, that was that was the meat of the story for me, and that that was uh, that was the one of the best parts of the movie. Um, the best part of the movie for me though was Daphne Keene. So amazing. Freaking badass. Oh yeah. I was like, as soon as I saw, saw her, I was like, sequel, <laughs> sequel, let's see it. Right. Jennifer Lawrence can play her. I know. I don't know. That wouldn't, <laughs> that wouldn't make any sense, but right. somebody awesome. Um, man, I, she was. Daphne Keene. Well, and this is her first movie. Yeah. Introducing Daphne Keene mm-hmm. in, the, in the opening credits. And man, she she kicked all kinds of ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, both as an actress and, you know, physically. That was awesome. Yeah. But she, uh, I mean, she spoke English and Spanish. Mm-hmm. All the martial arts and the stunts and just freaking keeping up with Hugh Jackman. Oh, yeah. You know, I th- she stole, she kind of stole a little bit of this movie. Totally agree. Kind of stole the limelight away mm-hmm. uh, for a movie called Logan. <laughs> right. You know, a guy playing him for the ninth and final time. It's, mm-hmm. it's such a big deal. Uh, and she managed to to just shine so brightly. Mm-hmm. Um, she was awesome. Uh, and I really liked the movie. Bit of uh, Another uh, example of kind of, kind of weak villain. Kind of a sure, weak villain movie. Yeah. Um, I, I liked Boyd Holbrook playing uh, Pierce. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked him, actually. Uh, but I feel like he was a little... Um, impotent i guess i don't know if that's sure. the right word he was just kind of a kind of a um uh, not very actiony villain um but I, I appreciated his uh his attitude and his performance uh what he did with the character i think was kind of cool so yeah i i liked logan a lot um i think i think some of the opinions i heard played it up a little bit sure um again some people said it's like the one of the best x-men movies ever and i was like i don't know about that but I think I think it, just for the character of Wolverine, I think they put a magnificent button on that character. Uh, uh, bookend yeah. bookended the character very well there. I enjoyed that quite a bit. So it was a good movie. Nice. Yeah, I agree. I, I talked about it in an earlier episode. Uh, one of my favorite anecdotes about that movie is that uh, I went with a friend and we got some drinks before. Mm-hmm. Um, brought the drinks into the theater because it was at one of the AMC's that has their little bar in it. Um, I had to pee so bad the <laughs> yeah. entire movie. And like, I am not one to get up and, and go to the bathroom during a movie. I'm in it till the end. Right. Um, and like, I, I mean, I'm sure I probably developed some kind of, uh, some kind of medical disorder or something. Cause <laughs> I, I held it in the whole time, but yeah. I like, it was, it was like so bad that I was considering walking out to go to the bathroom, but I didn't. So damn, that's more than anyone needs to know about my bladder. But <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that's great. Yeah. I loved Logan and, uh, yeah, I'm glad you liked it. We'll have to talk a little bit more about it off mic, uh, for spoilery reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so now we're going to kind of wrap this up, um, with the results of the poll. Yes. Which, uh, now the tiny has a pet, a little, a little doggy. And I have a kitty. Um, we need one of them to be the official mascot of the obsessive viewer. Um, pizza's not declawed, so we, I mean, if we were to f- make them fight, 
I'm sure that, you know, she would kick Gizmo's punk ass. But um, we would never do that, obviously, unless the <laughs> listeners want us to. No. No. But, um, but no, so I had posted on the Facebook uh, group and uh you cheated and you shared it on your on your personal facebook no you cheated by only posting it to the says of your page because the world couldn't vote just certain people that's 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 not fair i'm not following your logic there uh Um, i mean you weren't allowing certain people to vote i believe that's called voter suppression and it is illegal under the united states constitution it was allowing the listeners of the podcast to Uh anyway um, by posting that onto the, uh, Facebook, onto your Facebook, actually, we actually got like three new, uh, new, uh, group ads. Anyway. Nice. Yeah. So I'll go through some of the so responses. So you're welcome. <laughs> nice job, Gizmo. <laughs> so I will, um, go ahead and talk about the, the Facebook group posts, which are the ones, only ones that count. Um, I will say first, I'll preface this by saying that what I did was I posted two, two pictures. Both were a collection of four pictures each. So they were like photo grid, um, what's the word? Oh, collages. Um, four pictures of Gizmo, four pictures of my pizza roll, which I always, I refer to her as my pizza roll because my nephew, when I first got her, couldn't pronounce pizza roll. (laughs) So he always says pizza roll. Um, so anyway, now he can because he's older, but. From now on, she's always peace so well. Anyway, um, uh, I put, okay, guys, it's time. Who do you think should be the official mascot of the Obsessive Viewer podcast? Tiny's new dog, Gizmo, or my adorable cat, Pizza Roll? Comment below. So um, I did, <laughs> of the four pictures of pizza, uh, one of them was me and her with the with the words thug life um, above it mm-hmm. because we're, you know, we're, we're, we're thugs. Hardcore. Yeah, and then another one was her laying down on the carpet with um, uh, <laughs> clip art that I added of a badge, a gun, and a hat that says police. And I said, Officer Pizza Roll. And then I put to protect and serve. Pandering. Well, you know. Mudslinging. I, I, was, I was proud of it. <laughs> anyway, to which my coworker John and friend John, he told me today, (laughs) he stopped me today and was like, I think we need to, we need to have a conversation about the, uh, about the, uh, the amount of time that you spend, um, adding, adding images to your cat's pictures. Yeah. And I said, yeah, not enough. Right. (laughs) Um, but yeah, anyway, so the responses came in, uh, friend of the show, Matt Quiet, said, why is this a question? Pizza roll is the only answer that matters. Okay, and then first of all, a couple people did mis- mistake pizza's gender and said he, but I'll edit mm. as it is, which is, it's fine, you know, innocent mistake. Um, she's here to make, make a obsessive viewer great again. A vote for pizza rolls, a vote for watching lots of movies obsessively, which I completely agree. And I did make sure that I responded to every vote for pizza with a picture of pizza. Um, so yeah. And then, uh, let's see. Um, a friend of the show, Alex, uh, and coworker of mine said pizza. Sorry, tiny. And then of course, friend of the show, Tony Troxel said hashtag team pizza roll because my vote goes for the one who shits in a box and doesn't have shit in its name. Uh, because, <laughs> because Gizmo's a Shih Tzu. 
Kim, uh, listener Kim said pizza roll, no context, no contest. Uh, listener Monica said pizza roll in all caps with exclamation points. Mm. She's fucking adorable. <laughs> and then let's see. Those are all the votes for pizza roll. Ex- yeah. Those are all the ones for pizza roll because Mr. Robert Feckus, frequent guest on the podcast, friend of the show, friend of the co-hosts, um, went, I, I went to comic con with him. Uh-huh. I've been to Vegas with him and I felt so betrayed because he said, without a doubt, Gizmo, his move, his name Attaboy. is even movie related. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But again, to reiterate, neither one of us named our pets. So, you know, and I did, this isn't necessarily movie related yet, but <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I suggested that tiny rename Gizmo Roland Deshane of Gilead. Right. Um, we yeah. could have renamed him. We just didn't. Yeah. 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 18 months is, is a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we had someone say, obviously I'm going with my little boy Gizmo. He's adorable, friendly and hypoallergenic. Come kitty cat. on. Um, Tiny said, obviously I'm going with my little boy Gizmo. He's adorbs, friendly and hypoallergenic. Unlike a certain kitty cat. And, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. It's a fact. And then your brother chimed in and said, cats are the worst, gizmo all the way. <laughs> and then friend of the show, Matt Quiet, said, sounds like nepotism to me. <laughs> to which Alex said, no, my last name could be hurt or anything else, and I would still stand by my statement. Um, so, yeah. And then uh, your fiancé, Tiny, which I think this... Um, this vote, since she is your fiance, this is this is a biased opinion. So, oh, yeah. I mean, just throwing that out there. She said, "I may be partial, but Gizmo all the way. Dogs over cats any day." And that is a really cute picture of Gizmo. Yeah, he's adorable. He's laying on 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 this old dog bed on his back. Does he does he let you does he let you rub the belly? Oh, he's all about the belly rub. Really? We uh-huh. had the belly rubs out in the car on the way back from Illinois. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. In- I didn't mean that to sound like a creepy guy oh, no, bragging about nailing a chick. That's not <laughs> what that was. Oh, we had the belly rubs. <laughs> um, yeah, pizza is not a fan of belly rubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's because she doesn't like the sensation of having a hand rubbing her belly, or because every time that she is like laying on her back or exposing her belly, I say in a very creepy tone, I say, "I'm on a wub da belly." Um, over and over again as I creepily walk toward her to rub her belly. I can't believe you're telling the public all this. I know. It's going to be on the internet forever. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to wub that belly. Oh, boy. And then she doesn't let me. She bites me <laughs> and uh, kind of attacks my hand a little bit. But it's adorable. Gizmo's never bitten me. Well, give it time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's worth mentioning, too. I have not met Gizmo, so. Yeah, I mean, loss. you know. I maybe my vote will my vote will change. Yeah, it won't. It won't. Pizza right. all the way. And then you had some responses on your personal Facebook. Do you want to run through some of them or? Well, apparently they don't maybe? count. No, they don't at all. So no, we'll just leave them out. Okay. Uh, so one of your friends, I won't name names or anything, <laughs> but she said, I meant to respond to it. Her comment was, and also, it's not fair. Like, this is on your Facebook post. Everyone voted for for Gizmo. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I think a couple of people voted for um, 
my little pizza woe. But let's see. Giz, Team Gizmo, Gizmo. My friend Molly just put uh, put an emoji of a pizza, and then uh, uh, our our friend Pam said, "Gotta admit, I'm very partial to pizza roll. I Facebook known her longer." Another gender thing. <laughs> she actually has donated to the podcast, so thank you. Yes. Yep. And uh, and yeah, but your friend, I'll just say the first name, Lisa. Mm-hmm. said and sorry kitty but the giz needs no adornment to make him cute yeah I don't, which you don't see me dressing up the pictures that was like shots fired yeah. okay because i had posted this adorable picture of pizza <laughs> where i she has like a little a little hat and some sunglasses and she's just relaxing she's She's just being her cute little self. <laughs> and uh and yeah. So I thought I was like, okay, okay, person I don't know, but <laughs> you know. It's my future mother in law. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh, just wait till that wedding. <laughs> I oh, oh, I'm gonna bring a binder with me. <laughs> oh my god. And when you introduce me to her, I'm just gonna show her all of the pictures that I have. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through the trouble of printing every single one of them, putting them in a binder, all three thousand of the pictures that I have of pizza, and I'm going to uh to educate your future mother in law. You know, we are we're having an open bar, so I'm not doubting anything. <gasps> That's right, right, it is now. an open bar. It is. Oh God. It's yeah, I'm never going to be invited to anywhere by you again. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so so the votes are in. Uh, Tiny's private Facebook post does not constitute votes, so I'm going to go ahead and say it because I kind of control everything on the podcast uh, as far as like editing and stuff. Pizza Roll Hurt hyphen Lawrence <laughs> is the official mascot still of the obsessive viewer podcast. Fake news. <laughs> the Russians hacked the polling. We all know it. With an honorable mention. Okay, Tiny. Honorable, me- the, honorable mention. The vice mascot is Neville uh, Chamberlain uh, Longbottom Fecus. Uh, Fecus's dog, Neville. And then Gizmo can, you know, be, I don't that know. That hurts. The, uh, I don't know, the press secretary or something. That hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Neville's like Nader at best. Sure. <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, but, but Neville's the only one that has a name that's specifically named after something in pop culture. So Gizmo, man, from Gremlins. But the people who named Gizmo... Did they name him Gizmo specifically because of uh, the Markwise? The Markwise were were like designed after Shih Tzus. Oh, okay. Like they were inspired by Shih Tzus, bro. Were they really? Yeah. Huh. You can look. I mean, it's kind of creepy how much they look like Shih Tzus. Actually, that's true. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, what is the best snack to have when watching a movie? It's pizza rolls. Like I you go, know. they're pretty bad for you. You go to a movie theater. You say, "Hey, I'll take a large soda and a big bucket of pizza rolls," <laughs> and, uh, and you have your you have your movie snack. <laughs> what a crock of shit! Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Pete, that's yeah. fine. Uh, fairly won. Mm-hmm. You can expect my concession phone call later. 
Thank you. Yeah. And she's so, and really, like, look at her. She's just so pretty. She's just in there licking her little paw. We never um, agreed on how many electoral votes you need to win this election, but I'll well, you know, here nor there. It's all, you know. Direct democracy is a lie. Okay. Jesus. Yeah, is there anything else we need to go over? I don't think so. All right. Are you going to be okay to drive <laughs> Gizmo 2020. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I, I get that. Sure. Yeah. Um, Anyways, I'm, I'm fine. Anyway. Okay, good. Uh, you live like literally two minutes away yeah Um, alright well anyway thanks for listening guys and we'll see you next week thanks guys (laughs) alright guys (laughs) next week on the podcast I think um, uh, next week on the podcast we're going to be reviewing Wonder Woman um (laughs) I'm really excited. I'm so stupid excited to post the to post the link on Twitter and everything because I'm just going to spoil it here. Um when I post the the blog post, the obsessiveviewer.com post um that has all the information for the link or for the episode. It's just so dumb. I'm so excited because all that the tweet and Facebook posts are going to say is just uh Anyway, here's our Wonder Woman review. Um, <laughs> like the whole. Anyway, here's Wonder Wall. Um, wow. Uh, wait, what? Here's Wonder Wall. Oh yeah, there's a whole like meme thing where people are like, anyway, here's here's Wonder Wall. I'm not familiar just, with that meme. Yeah, it's because it's because Wonder Wall is like one of the. It's like the easiest song. Like it, it, it's a great like starter song to learn on the, on oh, the guitar. Really? Okay. So like people are like, oh yeah, I can I can play guitar, and then they just go into Wonder Wall. And it's kind of a, a big thing. So there's like, uh, there's a meme. I don't remember how it, or I don't know how it originated or anything, but, um, basically <laughs> it's just like anytime Wonderwall comes up and I see it online, I just see people say like, anyway, here's Wonderwall. Nice. Um, so anyway, so anyway, thank you for listening to the obsessive view presented by obsessiveviewer.com. You can find more of our episodes at ovpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. If you'd like to support the show, the best and easiest way is to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. More ratings and reviews means it'll be easier for people to find the show in the highly competitive film and TV podcast genre. It also provides us with valuable feedback on the show. If you'd like to donate to the podcast, you can make a one-time PayPal donation at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate or become a patron at patreon.com slash obsessiveviewer for recurring donations with different reward tiers. Every donation goes toward paying the fees to keep the podcast running and is greatly appreciated. For official Obsessive Viewer merch, including shirts, mugs, notebooks, phone cases, and more, visit our Tee Public store. You can also buy other great Tee Public designs in our store, and we'll get a small commission on the sale. You can find a link to the store in the show notes of this episode and at obsessiveviewer.com slash donate. The Obsessive Viewer's theme song is An Eclipse of Events and is provided by Loudlike from their EP, Mistakes We Must Make. You can find that and more great music from them on iTunes and like their Facebook page at facebook.com slash loudlikemusic. Any and all feedback on the podcast is encouraged. We love to hear from you guys. You can contact us by emailing podcast at obsessiveviewer.com or by tweeting us at obsessiveviewer, at obsessivetiny, and at I am Mike White. You can also like us on Facebook and join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash theobsessiveviewer where you can take part in discussions and polls between episodes. 
For more podcast content, check out Anthology, Matt's solo podcast, where he's reviewing The Twilight Zone as a first-time viewer and exploring other classic and contemporary science fiction anthology TV shows. You can find Anthology at anthologypod.com and anywhere podcasts are found. For book lovers, you can check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com for book reviews, author spotlights, and a general celebration of reading. Finally, if you're philosophically curious, check out Tiny's side project podcast, The Secular Perspective, which explores the concepts of faith, religion, and existence from the perspective of secular hosts Chad and Amanda. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com and subscribe to the podcast on the app of your choice. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.